Nice to have you along as we roll through this half hour here on the Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Talking sports, doing it from a faith-based point of view, but today's show is going to be a little different. We're going to talk some politics. Joining us now is the Reverend Jason McGuire. Jason is the president of New Yorker's Family Research Foundation. He works tirelessly defending traditional Christian values in the arena of New York state politics. Jason, welcome to the program. So glad you could join us. Hey, it's good to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity. To many of our listeners here in Western New York, tuning in on the great WYSL, your voice is familiar, your ministry well-known. But for the benefit, however, of those who may not be familiar, our podcast listeners across the nation, would you mind taking a few minutes to tell us about New York Family Research Foundation? Yeah, New Yorkers Family Research Foundation uh, is our educational arm, where we often say that, you know, we, we believe that strong families make a strong state. And so our organization uh, really helps people to be equipped and empowered uh, to make a difference in their state government and with their congressional delegation in Washington, D.C. We want to support policies in government that are supportive of the family. So pro-life, pro-family, pro-religious liberty. Uh, we proclaim the biblical concepts of justice and mercy. And then we have this uh, lobbying arm because I am a lobbyist, and so I work with the New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is our lobbying arm where we say we exist to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to influence not just on the laws of the land, but also the hearts of our elected officials. And so Tuesday mornings we have a Bible study at the Capitol, and, uh, and then we spend the day kind of lobbying the issues and talking about things that uh, from a distinctly Christian perspective in our state capital and with our congressional delegation in Washington, D.C. Well, we appreciate you doing that. Some may be listening on the radio and they're thinking to themselves that they thought this was a sports program, but sports are not isolated from many of the issues which you deal with regularly. And one of those such issues is the recreational use of marijuana. Now, we have three professional football teams representing areas of our state. And I have to say it that way because my co-host, Zach, he's obsessed with pointing out that the Bills are the only New York team. Even though the He's Giants, a good man, that co-host is a good man. <laughs> well, you can, all right, I know what team you root for. I'm a, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm always reminding him the Giants represent the city. They have a lot of fans across the state. But anyway, football players, professional, college, otherwise, a lot of them endorse the use of marijuana medicinally for pain relief. New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo likes to promote the potential financial benefit to our state. But it's not as simple as that, is it? Speak about that for a bit and maybe educate us about some of the problems which come along with legalizing recreational marijuana usage. Yeah, I think you made a good distinction there because, honestly, even organizationally, when medical marijuana was coming down the pike, we had to examine and think about our organization's position on the issue. And for me, it basically comes down to this. I believe that God did make all things good. Um, I believe in a creator who, who did make all things good. But I also believe in man's ability to pervert the intents and the purposes of what God created as good. So are there some medicinal benefits of marijuana? There probably are. And, and that's something that I wish we would be going through FDA research, that it would be uh, documented, we'd get FDA approval, be able to move forward in that way. When medical marijuana was coming down the pike in our state, uh, we ultimately took a position to where we worked to get the smokable form of marijuana out of the medicinal form, uh, medical uh, marijuana law, uh, because we did not believe that it was ever good to smoke. There's no doctor that will tell you that's, that there's a health benefit of smoking, right? 
So we got the, um, the, the smokable form out of there, but there were other forms of marijuana like oils and, and creams and different things that are allowed under our medical marijuana law. The real issue, though, now is the legalization of marijuana and what we say is the full-blown commercialization of marijuana because we're not talking about the marijuana of the 60s and the 70s. I mean, this is not you know some bad Cheech and Chong movie that people are talking about anymore. Uh, this is a much stronger, much more potent marijuana, and frankly, the marijuana of today is being um, lobbied by big pot people that are really targeting youth. That's why you're seeing uh, THC-infused gummy bears and Pop-Tarts and, and things that really are geared towards a younger generation is they are trying to hook a younger generation on marijuana in many of the same ways that Joe Camel was used decades ago to hook a younger generation on smoking. And so we see the devastation that came with that. So this really is about the commercialization of marijuana. New York has already decriminalized small amounts of pot. Now we're talking about whether or not the state is going to have a vested interest in promoting it. And that's something that we uh, really do object to and we're fighting against. We're talking with Jason McGuire, president of New Yorkers Family Research Foundation. You can visit their website, newyorkfamilies.org, or follow Jason on Twitter, at Rev J. McGuire. Another issue directly involving sports is that of legalized sports betting. The governor has proposed expanding sports gambling from its current limitation to only within designated lounges and casinos. What concerns do you have, which our listeners should be aware of, regarding the governor's proposed changes? Well, much like we have with uh, mentioning with Big Pot and the commercialization of marijuana, uh, we see this this idea of gambling in our state that it's always state-sponsored and state-controlled. So remember, from, from a libertarian perspective, we're not talking about somebody having the right to be able to, to do sports betting in their living room or in, in, as an individual to participate uh, in various forms of gambling. We're saying this is now the state would have to allow in certain locations at certain times certain forms of gambling that, wink, wink, they're also going to take a cut from. And once again, we see the state is pursuing the predatory enterprise of gambling. It's a very addictive thing. And one of the problems that I have with the sports betting is I think it really can change the game. I'm noticing increasingly as I'm watching various forms of sports that the odds are put up on the screens. and, And that has to have an impact on the sport and how people relate to that. And if we get into the mobile sports betting, now we're talking about what I think is unconstitutional under our law. Um, that would have to have a constitutional change if the state wanted to go after mobile sports betting. But it's very addictive, and there's an anonymity to it uh, that really you can be losing your rent money and, and food money and everything else. Um, you can get in pretty deep before anybody knows about it. So I just don't think it's a good idea for the state to be encouraging uh, sports betting simply so they can take their cut out of it. Many sports fans know that Tim Tebow, as a kid in Florida, though he was homeschooled, he was able to play sports with the public school kids. New York State doesn't currently allow that. I know a number of families, you probably do too, whose children would be advantaged if it did, and probably the school too would benefit from having these homeschool kids on their team. Considering how little homeschool families get for their school tax dollars, let me hear your thoughts about allowing them to play sports with schools within their district. Yeah, so you, re- you referenced Tim Tebow there, and so a lot of states have what's known as the Tebow Bill, and uh, that's essentially legislation that's promoted that would allow homeschoolers to participate in public school sports. Now, I'll admit that even in the homeschool community, there is sometimes some division on this. There are homeschoolers who say, hey, we don't want our kids to be able to participate in public school sports. We think it will bring increased regulation, or I'm not uh, choosing to participate in the public school, so why would I want my kids to, to play sports? 
I view it a little differently, though. I see it as a parental rights issue that each parent could decide whether or not they want their child to participate in that school's uh, sports programs. And so I see it as, as you referenced, that we pay all the taxes, we participate, and if these parents want to have their kids participate in public sports, I would welcome the opportunity to have the homeschool students uh, given the opportunity to do that. Now, this legislation is being proposed by Senator Martinez in Long Island and Assemblyman Al Sturpey uh, in the central New York region. And it simply would allow districts, would give them permission to say, look, if you, if you want to allow kids to play in your, in your public school sports, then they can do so. Students would still have to meet all the immunization requirements. Uh, their behavioral uh, standards would have to be up there. Um, their grades, I mean, everything else would, would be consistent. So it's, it's not just anybody can play anytime they want. They got to try out for the sports. Um, but ultimately, it does give parents a choice and allows those kids to participate in programs they might not always um, otherwise have the opportunity to do. And I would just add that, you know, we're playing, my kids attend a private Christian school, and we're noticing how difficult it is to field teams, not just at our private Christian school, but even the public school sports are having a hard time putting teams together. And so adding a few homeschool kids from a community could be the, you know, the difference between whether or not that school can actually have a team going forward. I think it's time to seriously consider this. That's a great point. Do you think there's a good chance of this moving forward? I'm not hugely optimistic. Um, mm. Legislation takes a long time to, to, to hang around before legislators begin to move on it in most circumstances. And frankly, I think there's some hostility at the state ed department towards the homeschooling community. And I think that as long as state ed is, is opposing this bill, it's going to be difficult to move. But that's why parents need to get engaged. And so if you go to our website at albanyupdate.com, albanyupdate.com, and you click on the Legislative Action Center, they can quickly and easily send an email to their legislators letting them know that they support this legislation. Once again, we're talking with Jason McGuire, president of New Yorker's Family Research Foundation. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rev J. McGuire. We've known each other for a few years now, Jason, but I'm not sure I've ever had the chance to hear how you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Would you mind taking a minute and, and sharing your testimony with our listeners? Not at all. One of my favorite stories. You know, I was uh, a kid growing up in the Buffalo, New York area. I was in a suburb of Depew, actually. And I remember uh, one day, uh, Mrs. Hill was a little lady from Georgia. She had moved into the duplexes next door. And she just came knocking on the door and invited me out to vacation Bible school. Now, I'll admit, I was a kid that had just gotten out of school. The idea of going to vacation Bible school didn't sound good to me with my summer. But she said they had games and crafts and snacks. And uh, I was not big on the, uh, the idea of the crafts, but I sure did like the games and the snacks. And so I agreed to go. Um, you know, long story short, and I heard the the gospel that week. I heard about this Jesus. I had attended a much larger church, uh, but it wasn't very personal. And this was a much smaller church. They took the time just to love on me. Uh, my family started attending there, and uh, some time later, uh, we had been uh, invited to attend a uh, drive-in movie theater of all things. There was a Christian drive-in movie theater, and I heard the gospel very clearly that night. And I heard of my need for Jesus and how I was a sinner and need of His salvation. And so that night, I simply you know, said, to, said to God, if you're real, man, I just want you to come into my heart and change my life. I'm sorry for the way I've been living, and I want to live for you from this point forward. And so as a 10-year-old kid, you know, I got real with God, and he introduced himself to me, and I've been walking with him since. And you know, I just love encouraging people today to, to uh, no matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're 10 years old or 100 years old, man, if you're still sucking air, today is the day to uh, come to know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well said. I, I love hearing people's testimonies. You got a big event coming up March 17th at the Capitol. I'll be seeing you there. Tell us a bit about that and how our listeners can be a part of it. Yeah, we call it Legislative Day, and there's a lot of 
various legislative days. Various groups bring in their their uh, constituencies to, to to Albany to kind of let their case be known. Uh, but we've been doing this for decades now, and essentially we're going to have about 1,200 mostly evangelical Christians from across the state of New York, uh, a lot of pastors, Christian school kids uh, coming up and listening to speakers like David Barton from uh, Wall Builders and Michael Ferris from Alliance Defending Freedom, formerly of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And so it's a day of information where we'll learn about some just tremendous things. We'll talk about legislation. We'll explain how the process works. People often say they leave informed and empowered to make a difference. And before you leave that day-long conference there in the Capitol in Albany, uh, we're actually going to take you over to the Capitol and have you participate in in just a, a public demonstration that just uh, shows your presence in the Capitol. We always do it in a very respectful manner, but we want to remind our legislators that the Christian community is alive and well and is interested in the issues that are going on in Albany. And so we'll pick a current relevant issue uh, around middle of March, and we'll take a stand on that issue in the Capitol and remind legislators um, where we are on that. And so, you know, I encourage people to check it out. You can go to our website, uh, newyorkfamilies.org, or at albanyupdate.com. You can register for that event, and I, I guarantee you it will blow you away just to how much you're going to learn in one day about your state government, how you can be involved, and how important it is that you uh, are there to make a difference. Legislators really do look to our numbers. And, you know, if we're down seven, 800, they'll say, well, you know, the, the community is down. They're not as engaged this year. Then you pop back up around 12, 1,300 people. And they say, whoa, you know, this group is engaged. And they pay attention to our issues. So every year we do this, we try to bring as many bodies up as we can and just show the legislature uh, this is something that you need to pay attention to. Before we let you go, Jason, what are some things our listeners can be in prayer about for you? Well, one of the first things I encourage people to pray for is that big legislative day coming up. Uh, there are a lot of issues coming up. We've discussed some of them on here, but there's a host of others. And so we really do want to get people coming out. It's our biggest event of the year, and so we always make that a major prayer request. Um, secondly, we're working on uh, renovating our office headquarters in Rochester, New York. And we're essentially launching an institute, a, a training institute, to get people engaged in civic government. And so we want them to be able to to learn how to make a difference. And so we'll have kind of an ongoing school here uh, helping people to learn how to do that. You know, I tell people, you can pray for my purity when I'm traveling around. You know, it's uh, many of the temptations that you hear about men facing when they're traveling and uh, business trips and various things are, are what I face as I'm traveling around the state or around the country working on these issues. And I always remind people, also pray for Mrs. McGuire's sanity as she's at home trying to keep all things together while I'm traveling around. So I say uh, you can pray for my purity and her sanity are two great requests for our family. Jason, thanks again for joining us. I pray that God would keep you energized because I know how hard you work on keeping New Yorkers aware of all that's going on. I pray that God would bless you, and thanks so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Rick. I really appreciate the opportunity. That's the Reverend Jason McGuire joining us here on the Beyond the Game program. His ministry is New Yorkers Family Research Foundation. You can visit their website, newyorkfamilies.org. You can also follow Jason on Twitter at Rev J. McGuire. So nice to have you along. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. <laughs>